Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about saying no to your teen when maybe you should be saying yes more often. Let's listen in. I think one of the most difficult things that Christian parents are going through is holding to the standards, the biblical principles, and and the desires for their kids as this insurmountable wave of cultural influence seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And what it does is put kids in the middle that they are being pressured more and more into things and being exposed to things. And when a parent keeps saying no to things, 15 years ago, it was a lot easier than it is today. And so what happens is you see a bigger response from the teens. And so it's just learning how do we play that a little bit better so that I'm getting what I want as a parent and my child is getting what they want and sometimes what they need. Because what was once considered protection Mm -hmm. now can be viewed as over-controlling. Yeah, smothering. Smothering by the standards that the world is placing on them. And our kids are living within that world of influence. Now, I'm not saying that we give up on our standards. I'm not saying we lower those things. I'm saying we approach it differently that transfers responsibility sooner to our kids than later so that they can mature a little bit quicker to be able to handle those things that they are going to be faced with in the days ahead. That's how they learn. Let's face it, that's That's exactly how they learn. Mark, I understand as a parent that you would like to kind of wrap them in a cocoon and just protect them from (laughs) all the the worldly influences out there, but that's not very practical. You know, I I look at my grandkids and I watch them and and, uh, I have such a blast with them and I I watch them as as they begin to grow and unfurl. And I'm looking at my eight and a half year old granddaughter thinking in just a few years, she's going to hit these adolescent years. Mm-hmm. Some of the innocence is going to be lost. Some of the uh, the way that she perceives the world as good and great and beautiful is going to be lost. She's going to see things completely differently. And she's going to be influenced in so many ways. It is it is a upcoming tsunami, you know, <laughs> cultural tidal wave yep. that will engulf her. And so I'm beginning now to say, how do we help her begin to develop some skills now that give her the opportunity to survive and to flourish in those times in that culture she's going to live in? And so what it means is, I can't protect her all the time. I can't control it. And I'm going to have to open that cocoon and let mm-hmm. it turn into a butterfly a little <laughs> bit. And 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 you know what? That, that hits my heart and I go, I don't want to do that because no. I would rather live in the safety and innocence of how things are right now. But that's not best for her. It's not best for her, even though I would enjoy it more. Yep. Well, you already made the point that we're not talking about lowering our standards at all. That's, that's not right. the, that's not that's the right. issue here. But the issue is where's that line of giving a freedom to our teens? of letting them say yes to some that's things. Right. And instead of always saying, no, you can't do that. No, you can't go there. Yeah. No, that's wrong. I, I think parents have got to quit asking why and begin to ask, why not? Hmm. Because if 
allowing kids to do things and experience things will help them make better choices in the future. And that's what we're looking for is the future. And will help them mature. Then I need to give them more. The old ways of discipline do not work today. You know what? I wish they did. It would be easier. But what I have even found out over the last few years is the way that I discipline kids and even engage with kids five years ago is not working today. Hmm. We've got to be constantly changing our approach to kids and come up with new ways of engaging the same biblical standards and principles that I want to hold to. It's a never-ending, changing opportunity. And if I hold to the way that it was done with me when I grew up, the way that I think that it ought to be, or the way that it was done two or three years ago, you know what? I'm going to miss my kids as a parent. I need to be constantly changing the way that I view, the way that I discipline my child, and the way that I allow them to engage in this world. Every parent knows that setting rules and consequences is one of the hardest parts of the job, but lots of parents make it harder than it has to be. Mark Gregston has helped parents all over the country, and now he's put what he's learned into the Developing Rules and Consequences Workbook. In it, Mark walks parents through the process of putting together a plan for developing rules and consequences that generate results. In the Developing Rules and Consequences Workbook, Mark talks about the importance of setting a small number of specific rules that change the whole atmosphere of your home. Communicating exactly what you want from your team will help you learn how to discourage inappropriate behavior and encourage better decision-making. That means crafting rules with consequences that will make them think twice before they make a decision. The Developing Rules and Consequences Workbook will show you how by helping you create a custom plan that works for your home. The hardest part of the job is about to get a little easier. Order the Developing Rules and Consequences Workbook by visiting parentingteenresources.org. We kind of have to keep a running inventory in our mind. Uh, what, what am I saying no to? And, and am I saying yes enough? I, you know, and the list is uh, clothes, yeah. you know, dating, music, uh, use of the family car. Uh, the, the list is long. It is. It is so long. You know, I mean, and, and there are some things that we can't control, and we try to control it. And in the midst of controlling it, what we're doing is losing the relationship with our child. There's the point. And in the long run, what we may be finding out is that this really is not having that much of an influence on my child. Okay, and I'm going to give you an example, okay. an easy example. And, and uh, you know, whenever you start talking about music, it, it's always a little bit— <laughs> Red flags it, pop up it, all over the really place. It really does. But I've got to tell you, it's, there's a side of it that, that most of us think that the music you listen to will influence the way that you act and, uh, and the way you behave and, and, I, uh, and the words that you hear and all those things. Well, I think this culture of kids hears so many things anymore that there's nothing that they're immune from. And so when they hear music— it doesn't affect them. 
them mm-hmm. near as much as we think that it should. Right. I mean, the world's changed a little bit. Yeah, now, we, we read those lyrics and it just floors us. Well, I tell you, it makes me mad. I mean, it just it just infuriates me. But what I have found is this. It doesn't affect kids as much as we thought it was going to. And, and, and most people listen to that and go, I can't believe you just said that. But hear me out. I'm not saying that that's what I believe or what I want and long for is for it not to. I just don't see that it is. And so if it's not, maybe I can back up a little bit and say, you know what? Maybe I can be a little bit more less controlling on the music they listen mm-hmm. to. Now, I'm not saying listen to all the trash out there. Gotta have standards. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But I'm saying when my kid wants to listen to certain songs and all that, that perhaps if it's not that big of a deal like I thought it was going to be, I can let it go. Don't overreact. That's right. Say yes to some things and realize there are bigger can I use an East Texas term? <laughs> There's bigger fish to fry than than some of these small things to help my child. And if I spend all my time trying to control their world then I will never have the opportunity to teach them how to live in that world because I'm not going to have control of it in the days ahead. I was struck by a story that you tell in your book, What's Happening to My Teen, that illustrates this whole thing we're talking about today. You remember what I'm talking about? Absolutely. The story of Adam? Why don't you read that? All right. Uh, Adam was a very cordial young man. You said you met with him. We got together at a local restaurant. Here's what he told Mark. Adam was allowed to watch only G-rated movies, He could listen only to Christian music, and even that was limited to what his dad liked. No rap, just because. He couldn't drive because his parents didn't think he was mature enough to handle the responsibilities of the road. TV was limited to a few channels, Disney, History, Discovery, and Leave it to Beaver-type programs. Adam was not allowed to date. He had to sing in the choir at church. He couldn't have a job because his parents knew he'd spend the money frivolously. They wouldn't let him go to the school dance, even though he went to a private Christian school. He had to get his hair cut the way they wanted it. He told me that he loved his parents, but he also said, they're killing me and won't let me grow up. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is indicative of a lot of kids that I deal with that are so overprotected, which is a great intent of any parent. They are so overcontrolled, which I think is is a parent who who really wants good things for their kids, but they don't see the impact of what they're doing. And and it is it is those kids that that are feel so secluded from the world that they that they go crazy when they are exposed to it. And so this kid really has some good attributes. He's a great kid, but somewhere along the line with some bad choices that he's made and and uh, you know perhaps some unwise decisions his parents instead of letting out the rope to let him experience more so he can learn and grow through it they have pulled in the rope mm-hmm. and what they're doing now in their sense of protection um, and control is they are keeping their child from growing up yeah. and you know what's happening this young man feels like the only way for him to break those bonds he's is to rebel, rebel. Mm-hmm. and he's doing that mm-hmm. and and to where he can get the freedom that he needs to survive in the world that he knows he's going to have to live in. And that's one of the differences. These kids know the world they're going to have to live in. And so uh, the challenge, again, as I've said, is taking those things that we know to be true and helping applying them to that world uh, because I think the gospel still is going to fit in this world and it's still very welcomed. Perhaps we need to keep the message the same, but change the messenger a little bit so that it applies better to the life that these kids are going to have to live. 
Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.